drop life up. I'm one of the greatest doing it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in or welcome back. Whether you're a first-time listener or you've been with us from day one, you could be listening to anything in the world right now, but you're listening to us, and I appreciate that. Welcome to the Bo Templin Show, a.k.a. the Bo Show. I am not Bo Templin. Y'all know that. Producer Luke Domask here, a.k.a. Uncle Luke, to some of you out there as well. We got a little something different, but also something we've done before. We're calling this the Weekly Mixtape, Volume 1. Now... A while ago, Bo came to me, you know, Bo's a busy guy, last semester at Columbia, doing all these types of different types of content throughout the weeks and whatnot, and he comes to me, he's like, hey, I'd love to do these, these, you know, quote-unquote fireside chats, if you will, for you history buffs out there, sorry, I roomed with a history major in college, so, anyway, <laughs> Bo comes to me, he's like, I'd love to put these types of different content together, you know, maybe they don't necessarily match each other, whatever the theme may be of, the, of those different types of pieces of content. And I'd love to put them together. I was like, hey, let's call, let's call it a mixtape. You know, it's all different types of stuff. And we're going to kind of put it into these 20, 30-minute recaps of everything wherever, wherever Bo's been. Um, we're going to start this mixtape off, the first one, with some guys that I, I, got, a, I got a funny feeling we're going we're gonna to be hearing from quite a bit. We're going to do a little bit of content with them moving forward. The co-host of the Drive the Lane podcast, which you can catch on all podcast platforms, Andrew Zolden. I hope I was pronouncing that right, Andrew. Apologies if I'm not. Chicago kid. So shout, shout out to him. If he's a Bulls fan, I'd love to start talking to him. That's for sure. Anyway, we do know he's a Browns fan. That's what Bo and uh, Andrew are going to talk about coming up here in a minute. He's a huge Browns fan, trying to catch every home game this year. And obviously, as everyone knows, with the arrival of OBJ the ascendancy of Baker Mayfield. This Browns team was was quite hyped coming into this year and some early season struggles, it looks like. You know, OBJ's returned to MetLife this past Monday night. And now Baker, you know, a little bit of struggling right now. They're going to talk about that. They're going to go through that. And I think Bo really wants to chronicle his 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 journey throughout the season going to these Browns games, which I think is pretty cool. And these guys, you can check out their podcast. They're funny. They're good stuff. He co-hosts it with a guy named Joey Lane who played basketball at Ohio State their their newest episode of their podcast actually brought on Terry McLaurin the Ohio State wide receiver which is pretty cool Terry McLaurin is carrying my fantasy team at the moment because my wide receivers are not not, not producing all right anyway got a lot of traffic there second part second issue of this mixtape it's all Bobby Buckets, a.k.a. Bobby Fight Game. We're gonna, he's going to talk Tyson Fury's matchup last Saturday night. It was a big weekend in the fight game, and you know Bo's going to cover that. Tyson Fury's, you know, victory, but not as easy maybe as he thought. You know, obviously, gearing back up for that Deontay Wilder fight once again. And, you know, how it was refed, you know, how, how it all went down, and the controversy that always comes with boxing. He's going to break that down as only he can. And then, of course, we're going to we're gonna wrap it up with the UFC lightweight division fight. Daniel's the cowboy, Cerrone, gets knocked out. Bo's going to kind of talk about that. He's also going to explain how the remaining fighters in the 155 to 170 division, something to keep an eye on moving forward in Bobby Fight Games. He's really trying to get me to get into it. But I just, I don't know. I don't have the time. You know, we only got like a month left till the hoop starts. And we're going to get into that as well, but... I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope this is going to be really cool. 
um, these these like weekly mixtapes. They're just going to kind of pop up 20 minutes. You can listen to whatever you want. We'll timestamp them. You can kind of figure it out as you go. But just kind of putting everything that Bo does in a in a week, two week into a podcast form because he's all over the place. He's on Twitter. You can catch him on YouTube. He's got videos everywhere. It's tough to it's tough to miss that kid's face. I'll tell you that right now. Coming up next week, we're going to talk this past weekend's game that's coming up for the Mayor's Cup, Missouri versus South Carolina. Big game for the Tigers. We're going to break it down for you. We're getting into the territory now where Barry's going to start winning some games, and we're going to kind of break it down. Maybe we'll bring on some old friends to talk Mizzou football, maybe do some questions as well because that fan base, man, I love it. They're crazy. All right, let's do it. The Weekly Mixtape, Volume 1. Let's bring him on, Bo Templin and Andrew Zolden. Next, on the Bo Templin Show. Someone of the greatest doing it. Doing it, greatest, greatest doing it. History will admit. Someone of the greatest doing it. Greatest doing it. Doing it, history will admit. Someone of the greatest doing it. Doing it, doing it. Doing it, doing it. Browns football from Chicago, Illinois, host of the Drive the Lane podcast. You can catch that on all podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew Zolden calling in the show. How are we doing, big fella? I'm good. I'm excited to be on the show. You know, tried it once before, but this is this is really the big, big grand opening of my appearance on the Bo Templin show. I'm glad we can make it work. I'm, I'm still, you know, kind of figuring out how... We're going to use the content, but it'll be YouTube, Twitter, and then I'm trying to figure out a way of how to like compromise all the content, put it into the podcast, but we'll figure it out sooner rather than later. But I just want to keep making sure you're really funny. You know your stuff, so why not have you on? So you're a Cleveland Browns guy, and I, I came to you a little bit ago about, well, what if you did like a Browns preview recap every week, once a week? And I think that's how we ended up here. And you were all about it, bro. I was definitely all about it. You know, you mentioned that I'm uh, really funny and really knowledgeable. If you want to go into that a little more, f- feel free to, you know, boost my ego even more if you so feel the need. No, I'm uh, I'm kind of known for gassing up the homies. It's kind of like a, uh, it's like a life motto of mine. So, yeah, the introduction is a big part of what I do here. Um, speaking of introductions, OBJ's introduction back at MetLife Stadium. And uh, if you follow football, and I'm like, I'm not a football guy. I tend to know a little bit more than probably the rest of the uh, general public, but that's just because I'm a, a sick sports fan. But we've got, this was an interesting week here for the Browns. After falling to 0-1, they go to MetLife Stadium against what is just a dog shit Jets team. And so what's the mentality going into this week as a Browns fan? You know, is it just, all right, let's take care of business or is it, we need to make sure we look good moving into the next week. Uh, Baker just does not look good at all right now. And and it sucks, but he just does not look good. I think a, if he struggles against the Rams, people are going to start to question him a little bit if they're not already. But I also think that if he excels against the Rams, we can handle a loss. So potentially the Browns could go into this game, play very well, walk away with a loss, and it's not going to impact how people feel about the team. 
But if we just get destroyed and Baker looks how he did the other night, then I don't even know if a 95-yard touchdown from Odell can save him. So, and I'm I'm pro Baker here, but I'm going to bring up a couple kind of devil's advocate points because I am. I really am pro Baker. I think he is a winner. There's one dynamic, though, to this season that has not been the case for most of his successes in life. He is better as an underdog. When people doubt him, when he's expected to do poorly, that's when he goes out, proves it to people and says, you know what? F you, I'm going to prove you wrong. And he does better as, a, as an underdog. So here's a Baker stat. He's, since he's taken over as quarterback, they're 1-5 last year against teams that finished with a winning record. The Browns' next five games are all against Two and teams. teams. I know, I know. We're scared. So the next six weeks here for the Cleveland Browns, I mean, what's the outlook? Is it let's just go three and three? Is it who cares what the record is? If we're playing good football, good things will happen. What's the mindset? Well, this is what this is what I just need to tell you. Baker, the underdog mentality, that was true for last season, but he was the Heisman front runner going into his Heisman season, and he won it, and they didn't lose a game until I think they didn't lose a game until the playoffs. So that underdog thing may be the case in the NFL, but that was not the case for him once he became the starter at Oklahoma. Obviously, the walk on everything, he thrived in that. But when he was at Oklahoma, he was supposed to be the Heisman winner, and he did that. So the mentality right now is win the game ahead of you. You can't look and say, oh no, the 49ers who we play in three games are two and oh, because they could be two and five or two and three by then. So you just got to look and say the Rams are two and oh, let's play them. We can't predict what those other teams are going to do in the meantime. And I think Baker plays well when the stakes are high. Uh, he didn't the other night, but Sunday night football against the Rams is, is extremely important. Freddie Kitchen is, is not doing a good job putting him in the positions that he needs to be in. And I think he's back in the drawing room on the drawing board and changing things up. And we're going to be ready to rock and roll on Sunday. So I will be there actually Sunday night. I will be there. So that's how this started is that you told me you were going to go to, I, I don't want to misquote you. So stop me if I'm wrong. You said that you were looking at going to, Every Cleveland Browns home game with your pops. True or false? True. And right now it's staying true unless they start sucking. Then we may sell some of those tickies. Um, so is that a drive or is that a flight? You know, it's a flight if we can get them early enough. But it's a drive if it's going to be kind of a last minute thing. But we're flying this weekend. You know, we got a lot of family in Ohio. So we're staying at my uncle's house, getting ready. But we're flying, and last two weeks ago when we flew home, all the other people on the flight were in Browns gear looking all sad. But the highlight of the weekend was most definitely at the airport, running into Jim Brown, getting a picture with him, getting to talk to him for a minute. Some people would say the best football player of all time. That no was incredible. way. Yeah, and I could send you that picture so you can, you can post it along with this. Me Absolutely. and my dad, Jim Brown, hanging out at the airport. Wow. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, that's Hall of Fame. That is, is GOAT. That is legend. That is Mount Rushmore. That is everything that you want to call it. Jim Brown is that legend. Wow. Yep. That's, that's, uh, that's good. I'll, I'll, I will absolutely be posting that in addition with this video here. So in the game, obviously, I think the play of the game for the Browns is, is the tutty to OBJ. I think that he was the second fastest 
player clocked in an NFL this season at 21.7 miles per hour. Any guesses on who is faster? Uh, Odell. No, Odell was the fastest, or he was the second oh, 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 fastest. Oh. Who sorry, was the sorry. fastest? Tyree Kill? No, uh, solid guesses. I was kind of surprised. So previously it was Julio Jones, and then this week I believe Cordero Patterson hit 22 by Oh, yeah, he hour. did in, in, that, in that Bears game. Yeah, he did. Um, in that Bears game, which I won $100 on, by the way. So I don't know if you can tell. My my tone is kind of monotone, and that's that's indicative of how I've been feeling about this Brown season. They won by 20 points, and I was like this. I was just like, okay, we should have beat them. Let's beat the Rams. So I, I don't have a whole lot to get excited about. I, I don't care if he's running 58 miles per hour. Let's just let's just win some games. I'm, I, uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Also, I mean, this Jets team was – as atrocious, as dog shit, as horrible, as trash of a team as you're really going to find. I mean, if the Browns even had this game stay somewhat close, it would have been an issue. So I understand uh, the kind of realistic perspective that you're bringing here. Uh, the, the last thing that I did want to mention about the game that, all right, I mean, it's not even football related. Are you a WWE guy by chance at all? I uh, used to be. I, I still follow a little bit. I know what's going on just from Twitter and stuff. Perfect. That's that's all I need here. So Miles Garrett with the big sack last night. Did you see the celebration? Yeah, the Shawn Michaels. Oh, the HBK, HBK, the heartbreak kid. You know, I almost said the uh, I almost said the Shawn Mendez. That would have oh, been no. embarrassing. Oh, that would have been pretty heartbreaking. No pun intended. So, heartbreaking. I want to give a I want to give a little shout out to someone who's been tearing it up in the fantasy world. Please talk to me. Give it to me. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry Redskins wide receiver one. He has been on fire. Pick him up in your league. Start him this week. He's going to be the one to break the bears defense. I'm calling it. Terry goes for 85 yards in the touchdown this week. Pick him up. Bet on that. If it's a prop bet, it's happening. Wow. I love it. So what's the connection here to scary Terry? You know, I don't want to talk too much about myself, but I just had him on my podcast, Drive the Lane, check it out. But I just also think he's a great player. He's He played at Ohio State. He was always under the radar. He played with uh, Drew Locke in the Senior Bowl. Shout out Mizzou. But no, he is, he's an emerging star and you got to get him on your team right now. And if you can get him in a keeper league, you can hold on to him and, and use a low draft pick on him for next year. So keeper leagues, definitely snag him. I like hearing that. Uh, Zoldan, thank you, brother, for making this happen. Short, sweet, very easy. But your Browns got next week against the Rams, and I'm not so sure that this phone call is going to be going quite the same next week as it is this week. If you want a little more, because uh, I've had a couple days to sit in with this, if you want a little more authentic call, I'll call you in the car ride uh, back home Sunday night. Oh, wow. Or Monday night. Mon- or yeah, Sunday night. I'll call you in the car ride Sunday night, and I'll give you my – my review there. You could get some raw emotion. I'll probably say some stuff that I'll regret. Um, I'm I'm all for recording people when they're about to say stuff that they're gonna regret. So, man, if you're if you're willingly signing up to do this, I'm all in. I am all in, brother. Um, I'll go Facebook Live from the game too. Beautiful. You're just giving the people what they want at this point. Uh, <laughs> Zolden, thank you, bro, for making this happen. We will try and talk again next week. I'm kind of hoping to make this a. Uh, a pretty weekly thing here to, to recap the Browns and whatnot. But yeah, go check out his podcast, Drive the Lane, on all platforms, right, Zolden? Yes, sir. Beautiful, beautiful. 
All right. Well, until next week, go Browns. All right. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Man, this weekend was a fight fan's dream across the board. MMA, UFC, boxing, whatever it is, we had it. And some of it was expected. Some of it wasn't. We knew the UFC fight would be great between Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Justin Gaethje. The Tyson Fury fight, though, was a little bit different. This, this Tyson Fury fight was supposed to be a, a tune-up fight, something very easy, something to keep the muscles loose, keep the skills sharp until he fights Deontay Wilder in February. But that wasn't the case. This is fighting. This is why they fight. It's never a sure thing. As I'm sure you saw throughout all the weekend on social media, YouTube, wherever you consume your content, you saw the gash on Tyson Fury's right eyebrow. And in fact, it was two cuts, on one on his eyelid, one on the eyebrow from a nasty left hand from Otto Wallen, the Swede. And this cut is early in the fight, but Fury shows resilience, that championship pedigree, the, the championship hours, the rounds, the experience really paid off dividends for him in this fight. He got to show off that 6'9 frame, that big body wearing down, weighing down on the Swede. What Fury was able to do was turn it into a very physical match. This is a great time to, let's give a shout out to Tony Weeks, the referee in this match. Oh my God, was the boy working, breaking up scuffles, breaking up clinches, which by the end of this thing, it was a full on clinch battle, rubber, Greco-Roman style fighting. But Tony Weeks did his job. He gave the fans what we wanted. He kept the fighter's safety in mind and, and this match had controversy written all over it. And yet Tony Weeks was able to navigate his way with two brutal fighters and give the fans a really exciting fight. You just look at Tony Weeks' refing shirt and you knew that something was going on in this fight. Something that I was really impressed with. And the, and the commentators brought it up a little bit here and there. But we know Tyson Fury can, can dance stay at a distance and pop the jab. We know he can do that. But man, when he gets on the inside and starts throwing those uppercuts in that body work at the inside, that's what was really impressive. I think that in addition with leaning and the wrestling that was going on in this, it really wore down on Otto Wallen. The cut man said that this was the worst cut he has ever worked on. And it sounds like Fury paid him back a little bit after the fight with a nice little cash bonus. So shout out to the cut man. Because without him, this fight does not finish. And we have a new heavyweight champion of the world. Tyson Fury did what he had to do. He showed off the experience. The body was still there. All the skills stayed sharp. Dealt with adversity. And was able to persevere. So listen, we know that up next should be Deontay Wilder. We know that. They've been hinting at it. They've been promoting it that way. And I really want to get my hopes up. But with boxing, and if I know boxing the way I think I do, I'm just not going to buy in until I see those two square off face-to-face -face during the fight week at a press conference or at the scale. I'm not going to buy it. Now, when it comes to the UFC fight this weekend, Justin Gaethje versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone, 
These are just two of the baddest in the fight game today of all time. You cannot ask for more than these two guys in an octagon together. But here's my problem. You know, and this is not against the fighters, but I kind of feel like we got cheated out of even a longer, like, I wanted this thing to go three rounds so bad just so we could see them exchange blows a little bit. You know, that wasn't the case and it ends in a first round knockout for Justin Gaethje. Probably his most remarkable win today. Now, I can argue for them to run it back all day long. Gagey takes care of Cerrone really quickly, and I don't think Cerrone's going to be asking for the rematch by any means, but I would certainly enjoy it. But this 155-pound division, man. First off, Justin Gagey's responded really well to his early losses in the UFC. You know, he comes in undefeated, but then suffers two back-to-back losses. And when that happens, sometimes you're concerned that a fighter won't have that same mojo that they did when they first entered. As Chael P. Sonnen says, Justin Gaethje is still undefeated and Cowboy Cerrone still has not lost. The way these guys fight, there's no losing. There's no diminished confidence, nothing. These guys are true champions, warriors, and we are blessed to have them alive and fighting in the time that we have them. So this 155-pound division, let's talk about it. For the longest time, and I've watched Nate his whole career, I never understood Nate Diaz's weight class. You know, he always seemed to make 155, but was kind of intrigued by the 170-pound matchups and not really having to worry about cutting weight. And I think for the first time, they are getting it right. And you know what the fighter said? Screw 165 pounds. We're going to just take fighters who really don't care about the weight. Jorge Masvidal, Anthony Pettis, Ben Askren, Nate Diaz, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, Conor McGregor, the list goes on. These guys are all guys who really are just there to scrap. They don't need their weight. They don't need the size. They're there to fight and see who the batter guy is. And here's my point with the 155-pound division. Everyone wants to make their case as to what should be next. Because that's the question, right? What is next? Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. You could put Cowboy with Connor, put Gaethje with Nate, put Nate with Jorge, Jorge, run it with anybody. It doesn't matter. All these guys are entertaining. You can match up all of them against each other, and it's really fun. So UFC, you can't mess it up. Just make the fights happen. That's all you have to do. And the fans will be entertained. I can promise you that. This might be the golden era for the 155 pound division in the UFC. All right, and there you have it. The first edition of the weekly mixtape on the Bo Templin Show. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Shout out to Andrew Zolden for coming on the podcast. Sounds like you can be part of the family moving forward. This weekly thing covering the Browns, one of the most hyped teams in the NFL, finally getting in the win column in week two in the Meadowlands, OBJ's return. You know Bobby Fight Games got to talk about this past weekend. It was a crazy weekend. Justin Gage, he just obliterates the Cowboy in the first round, and then Tyson Fury's you know, battle as he prepares for another Deontay Wilder fight. Bo covered it all, as, as you just listened to. 
But we're only focused on one thing. I'm bringing out the football cliches heading in tomorrow. The Mayor's Cup, the Battle of the Columbias, Mizzou, South Carolina, pound minus nine. It's probably at minus nine and a half on Bovada, but pound it. I believe in, I believed after week one when we were just not ourselves after the first quarter, basically. But I think this is it. This is Barry's moment. He's got to capture that energy. This is his moment right here, three o'clock on a Saturday, SEC Network. Hasn't really had a big SEC win in a while. One that we can point to and say, this catapulted us to somewhere else. It's always been in November. It's always been against Tennessee. Tennessee ain't shit anymore. We got to beat this South Carolina team. Their backup quarterback is coming into a hostile environment, hopefully. It's a big game. Maybe the biggest of Barry's career. And that's why I'm pounding nine. Because I don't want to be talking about hashtag Barry out next week. I don't want to be talking about that. I want to talk about how this South Carolina, this SEC East victory catapulted us. And following games, Troy, Ole Miss, obviously Georgia and Florida are coming too, but we're focused on one thing at a time, beat South Carolina this week, take home the Mayor's Cup. I don't even know what's called the Mayor's Cup, by the way. My bad, Mizzou fan. I just like calling it the Mayor's Cup. Gives it a little bit more meaning. These teams have played like, what, eight times? <laughs> we already got a cup for it. The Battle of the Columbias. Como's a better town than whatever the hell they call South Carolina Columbia. We're proving it this week. Ride Kelly Bryant. Ride three sticks. I'd love to see the wide receivers have a big game and feed Albert O. Feed him, feed him, feed him. All right. Once again, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week, hopefully after Missouri victory, on the Bo Templin Show. Put me to the test.